0: There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you?
1: Welcome back to our series, Focus on Viola Davis. This week we're talking about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I I mean the movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We're, We're not discussing anybody's body parts here. Just want to make that clear, we're not objectifying anyone. No, we're just... Two white guys talking about a movie based on an August Wilson play about racial tensions in America as exemplified by one of the most famous blues singers of the 20th century. Yeah, this isn't going to get awkward at all. <clears throat> I am your oh-so-bluesy host, Max severest Stigmatism Lemon Levine, <laughs> and over there is Mike Unsafe Levels of Lead in the Drinking Water Loose.
0: I prefer to go by Blind Lemon Pledge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's as close as we're ever going to get to blue's names. I like the color blue. <laughs> but before we get to this... Let's but get to before that. before we go, <laughs> we, we have our poll question. Poll question. And uh, we asked last week, have you ever left a movie feeling angry? If so, what movie and why did it make you angry? Now, I, we should have made clear, by the way... That the movie made you angry. Not like the popcorn made you angry or the person you were seeing the movie with made you angry or the person sitting next to you was really annoying. Mike! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Max and I see lots of movies together. Lots and lots. It's
1: really fun. I
0: tie his shoes together
1: and spit Fortunately, on Fortunately, <laughs> most of you seem to get that already. <laughs> uh, from Professor Dr. Rebecca Pelkey, who mm. is a professor and a doctor. Yes. I left Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas somewhere in the middle. Ooh, maybe the only movie I've actually walked out of without finishing. I was definitely angry. Hmm. I spent money on such a terrible film. Wow.
0: Wasn't that yeah. the, um, the biopic of... Hunter S. Thompson? Well, it's not really
1: a biopic. It's kind of an adaptation of one of his weird rambling books. Yeah, pretty much. Wasn't it Johnny Depp in that? It was. It was Johnny Depp and... Another guy. One of the Del Toro boys. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Steve Harvey, Moulin Rouge. Hated it. Oh, I just assumed he said it that way. Because uh, <laughs> you know him so well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave Mac Dave. Dave. Dances with Wolves. Whoever oh. wrote it had no concept of what it is to adjust to the rules of a different culture. Yeah, I think that's pretty, yeah.
0: Uh, Excuse me, I think it was a perfect representation. As a white person, you move in and make everyone do what
1: you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Since that was ostensibly what the film was about, I felt like a raging tatanka by the end of the show. (laughs) Tatanka, for those of you who learned all of your Lakota Sioux language from the movie, means buffalo. At least in that movie. Valerie Coons who while may not be Native American is in fact related to one of our Native hosts oh Ike. who's that oh me <laughs> oh the first one that came to mind was the fourth Indiana Jones movie yeah that's you could really stop there you know the one with the spaceship that doesn't really exist because they wouldn't jump that shark
0: um I have no recollection of this film what 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 film are you talking about
1: It uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter oh. moving on <laughs> Benjamin Carl says Pearl Harbor oh boy I literally leapt over the back of my seat to get out of there as (laughs) soon as the producer credits had passed during the end titles, so I knew who to blame. Wow. That's fair. The love story was two-dimensional. I think you've given it an extra dimension (laughs) on its face and played front row to the attack, demeaning and devaluing what actually happened that day and the lives that were lost. Hmm. The odd directorial choice to play the battle without any score further distanced those scenes, making them feel tacked on. Something more in the vein of Tora, Tora, Torah, taking advantage of modern SFX and exploring the human toll of war without making it seem like a nuisance interruption would have been nice. Wow, very, very nicely argued.
0: Yeah, uh, Max, I hate to interject here, but as a little of bit of, um, uh, of correction, it's pronounced Tora, Tora, Tora.
1: That's only if you're Dana Hersey <laughs> here on the movie Loft. There <laughs> is a deeper. <laughs> Angelo Petzala says, The Brad Pitt movie The, Tree- the Life Tree... Oh. I think that's the name of the trouble. I think he means tree of life. Maybe. I'm not positive. I, either way, I didn't see it. Oh. By the time we wanted to go, it was over. <laughs> wow. That does not speak well of it. Okay? I guess not. Adam Mark, he had a couple. A single man. I, mm-hmm. I despised the ending. Spoiler alert. The protagonist experiences several epiphanies throughout one day. Finding greater peace and enlightenment... Then randomly dies of a sudden heart attack alone on the floor before he can act on any of it. Okay, yeah, that would be pretty annoying. I'll say. The entire story is futile and a betrayal of my time and attention. I asked out loud in the theater, is that it? <laughs> I was so dismayed and repulsed. I re- I realize it mirrors the book exactly, but I hate it no less. Wow. I actually no, would so like that-
0: to have been in that audience just to hear suddenly somebody just yell out, is that it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Also is it, licorice pizza. Oh, that's disappointing. I always kind of wanted to see that. Yeah, uh, The film is a bunch of stupid, selfish, short-sighted people being awful to one another out of sheer boredom. Wretched people being wretched to one another without humor, without growth, without anything to make me root for them. World events and celebrity cameos and dramatized historical figures pass across the screen without consequence or contribution to the story. One of the worst films I've ever seen, and I do not get the accolades and critics' praise at all. Wow. I, this one was up for an Oscar, I think.
0: I didn't know Seinfeld
1: made a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it kind of does sound like I mean, Seinfeld the movie, his doesn't description it? awful is people. Hauntingly familiar. <laughs> yeah, awful people being awful, no celebrity character growth. cameos, world <laughs> events. Ha, huh. Adam, are you sure you just didn't like watch a Seinfeld marathon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Harry McCracken, former editor of PC Magazine. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to take our famous people where we get them, PC World. Uh, PC world excuse me uh, love at first bite and Moulin Rouge because I found them so bad and not in a good way I see that Steve Harvey and I are on the same page
0: hmm. Wow hmm. I liked both of those but okay I didn't see love at first bite but I loved Moulin Rouge so hmm.
1: uh, Jamie Kleinert says Hercules and Titanic which is I'm sure a double feature somewhere <laughs> because they made the story sacrifices to worship at the altar of the Almighty Dollar. Hercules at least has the decency to break the fourth wall and make fun of themselves about it. Hercules, Hercules, squeak a I assume that's like a reference to the squeaky toy. Yeah. And from from up north, north. Vince, Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. <laughs> it's snowy. <laughs> that's snowy. I'll avoid films that are supposed to make you mad, and instead mention a few that were not supposed to have that effect. Titanic we got another one for Titanic oh, nice. when she shows when she throws the gem into the ocean I wanted to strangle her <laughs> don't her grandkids need money couldn't some charities use that to fund themselves I thought the same thing by yeah. the way I thought it was really selfish Yeah Not to mention the fact she was throwing away a priceless historical treasure <clears throat> both Wonder Woman movies really The like first it. was so awesome then threw it away with a CG soulless battle okay mm. that's that's not unfair No And the second, OMG, it was so dumb. I couldn't stop yelling at the screen. Prometheus had me mad from the opening shot. Chariots of the God is not a science textbook. Yeah. Avatar, another white savior story with the added benefit of unobtainium. (laughs) I spit on your grave. Yeah, that's what I think of after uh, Avatar. Sure. Uh, I, I really hated it. 80 minutes of rape for 10 minutes of revenge. Disgusting. There are more, of course, but I'll take a drink and calm down now. Yeah, seriously, Vince, have a Molson or something.
0: Well, I mean, the question was what films made you angry, you know, and uh, what I find interesting is that nobody went to a film that, you know, expressed some sort of revelation of racial Yeah, it made them tension.
1: angry about what was depicted in the film. Yeah, it
0: made them angry because it was badly done or something,
1: you know, like that. Yeah, Um, what about you? What's a movie that uh, you left, made you leave angry? Uh,
0: Well, Vince touched on one of them, and you know it well, because that film started a blog um, for me, and actually, quite honestly, kind of led to this show, Avatar. I Uh, hate uh, Avatar. Hate Avatar. Every cool thing that could have happened was utterly wasted, and the film basically boils down to a half a billion dollar fist fight. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all that happens. And I don't care. It makes me angry. Um, another film that pissed me off for different reasons was Highlander 2. Oh, boy. Because I felt betrayed. I, it, I'm i not going to tell you that Highlander 1 is a great film, but it, was, it did visually... It's a
1: competent film.
0: It was competent. It did something new. It was fresh. I liked the way that they did the scenes and the transitions between the the, the flashbacks and the current day. Um, I liked the idea. It also seemed to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. and wasn't asking for a sequel. And the first five minutes, we're just sitting there going, Planet Zeist? Yeah. I wanted yep. to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was one other film that made me very angry and I'm trying to remember what it was. Apparently it wasn't that angry. Oh well, that's good enough. Avatar and Highlander 2 Max. What about you? Has there ever been a film where well, you're just like,
1: oh come on? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Have you ever I yes, stand in a I, theater? <laughs> <laughs> I've done that many times, <laughs> through many, many movies. I went more with a movie that I thought that left me with a sense of outrage because it was supposed to. It was a movie called The Pentagon Wars. Hmm. So back a while it, yeah, it starts It's got a surprisingly surprising cast. It stars Carrie Elway's, you know, Mm -hmm. Wesley from Princess Bride, and uh, Kelsey Grammer. Okay, Olympia Dukakis is in it, Mm. and this is a coincidence. I swear to God, this is a coincidence. I didn't know this until I went looking up details. Viola Davis is in this movie, oh. in a small part. It's a film version of a book written by a former guy, a guy who worked in the Pentagon Procurement Office, the guy who worked in weapons development, and it was basically about the unbelievable boondoggle about advanced weapons projects and yeah. how it, absurdly expensive they are and how careless a lot of it is and how they don't care if the weapons work or not, <laughs> as long as they come in. They they get the credit for it, and they end up getting a good job in the private sector. This was about the development of the Bradley fighting vehicle. <coughs> Star Wars. <And coughs> oh, sorry. Did what?
0: I remember the Star Wars initiative?
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, the we're Sergeant just
0: y- laser those missiles out of the sky, yep, and,
1: the, and the Sergeant York tank. But uh, oh, no, the no, it was, fighting. Vi- it was Dick Sergeant. Ah, uh, uh, no, that was, he was it. Was replaced halfway through. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was... Now the the Bradley, which is used now, and actually is a pretty decent piece of hardware. When it was first designed, it was a death trap. If it mm. took a a hit from a serious shell, it would everyone in it would die. They they had figured that out.
0: Oh, like those VTOL um, things. The
1: the original Harrier jets. No, the, no, no,
0: no. These are propeller-driven. They mar- they were for the Marines. I can't oh, know, the oh, Osprey.
1: The Osprey. Yes. It was the same That's thing. Right. It was that like, would no, literally no, it's the thing ever. Um,
0: They crash. Oh, uh, no, 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 it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that one, it just really annoyed me, and it was yeah. supposed to.
0: I remembered the other film. Ah, what? Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah. Because all through the film, it's uh, um, Robin Williams playing this character who's basically... Bucking the system and trying to actually teach these kids something. And the moment they need that, he needs them to back him. They don't. He is let out of the room. The class is left alone. They bring in another teacher. And then they stand up on their desks and do the things. And it's like, it's too late. You've done nothing. This isn't a cool moment. This isn't you being brave. You screwed up. So I hope you felt guilty for the rest of your lives, you rotten. (laughs)
1: so's <laughs> My problem with that uh, end sequence is it was completely unrealistic, because the school says yes. Our, one of our teachers was responsible for the suicide of a student. Right. I don't care how much they hated the teacher; they would have gone t- gone in front of a firing squad before they admitted culpability. No school would do that. They yeah. would fight it tooth and nail.
0: Yeah, but just they would whole- just. Yeah. Oh, uh, look how brave but, we're being! Yeah, get stuffed. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, we, we have to calm we, down because. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. That through your anger you've see, you've you've worked through your anger and come up with a new poll question for next week.
1: No, I'm too angry. And I know <laughs> no. our our listeners who have come up with great answers are too angry also. But Man. once we all calm down, <laughs> let me ask you this: If you could project yourself to live in the actual world of one movie. What would it be, and what would your place be in it? Would you want to be an elf in Elrond's hall, or work in Rick's Cafe American? And you have to be your own character. You can't take the place of an existing one.
0: I want to be a
1: dentist. <laughs> Get out of here, Herbie. Herbie wants to be a dentist. Herbie doesn't like to make toys.
0: Doesn't like to make ties. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh,
1: you can. And tell we us will tell answers. you how to respond to that. Because we don't at the end to. of the show. No, we won't. <laughs> No, we'll, we'll we'll make something up.
0: Um, you can write a postcard and send it to Dicker and Dicker, Beverly Hills. Uh, you can stick it on a duck, <laughs> huh?
1: And we get to trivia instead. <laughs> okay. The facts. First, some trivia about Viola Davis herself. Ooh. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the movie Doubt, despite being on screen for less than twenty minutes.
0: That's okay. I could believe it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned about her background that she she grew up in South Carolina in great poverty and then moved to Rhode Island, mm. which is probably even worse. Spelled B-A-T. Uh, she has a very small role in Ocean's Eleven. She does? Yes. You never see her, but she is the voice of the parole officer who speaks with Danny Ocean. Do we even hear her? I think oh, we hear Adonav, like... is she Is she
0: interviewing him? She must be the one interviewing him in the jail yeah. in the beginning. That must be yep. it. Okay, wow. I think
1: that's right. Yeah. Man. I, did, I had no idea. So, the movie itself. Budget, $22 million. Hmm. Box office, well, it was released on Netflix, so who knows? Billions! Well, yeah. It should have. <laughs> lots. It was nominated for five Oscars. Ooh. Best Actress, Actor, posthumously. Hmm. Makeup and hair styling, Costume Design and Production Design. It won for two, makeup, ha- makeup, hair styling, and costume design. Mm. Yeah. This was based on a play by the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright August Wilson. Mm. Uh, it's one of his ten plays called The Century Cycle, also called The Pittsburgh Cycle. This is the only one of those ten that doesn't actually take place in Pittsburgh. Oh. They, co- they cover about 100 years of the hopes and struggles of African Americans in this country. Pretty much over the whole 20th century. Hmm. The man won two Tonys and two friggin' Pulitzer prizes for drama. Good for him. Him and Tennessee Williams. Holy crap! Wow, well, Arthur Miller pair. only got <laughs> one.
0: Well, and you know, okay, well, well, gee, uh, was it for Death of a
1: Salesman? I think, uh, I think it was either that like Crucible. I forget. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it might have been Death of a Mailman. Uh, <laughs> in 2015, Denzel Washington, who produced this movie announced he was going to bring all 10 of Wilson's Century Cycle plays to the big screen. This is the second one after Fences in 2016. Hmm. Uh, In September of 2020, Washington told the New York Times that the third film in the series would be The Piano Lesson. This is, uh, I think, one of the ones that won a Tony. And he hoped to cast his own son, John David Washington, and Samuel L. Jackson, with Barry Jenkins directing. Hmm. So, hooray for nepotism. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we do like to celebrate the important things here on Max Mike
1: Movies. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, unlike some of the Century Cycle plays, in fact, most of them, this one is based on a real person. Mm. Gertrude Ma Rainey. She was an American blues singer. She was often called the mother of the blues, not because she was the first blues singer, but she really brought it. All right, let's just say it. She brought it to the white people. Mm. She was one of the first of the blues singers who made what what we now call mainstream impact, her and Bessie Smith, who came after her. She made over 100 recordings. Wow. Which was insane. Nobody did that. No musician made that many. This was in, you know, the 1920s. She was born in 80, 1886, died in 1939. Uh, some of her famous ones, you know, Bull Weevil Blues, Moonshine Blues, CC Rider Blues, and, of course, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
0: Mm. Well, you couldn't drink, so...
1: <laughs> this is Viola Davis's second appearance in a film adaptation of August Wilson's plays. She was in Fences, which got her well, her second Academy Award, I think. Hmm. This was Chadwick Bozeman who plays Levy, his last film. He died uh, August twenty eighth, 2020, after a four-year battle with colon cancer. He was actually getting cancer treatment while filming this movie, and no one else knew it. Wow. Yeah. And if you look at him and you compare him to the way he looked in something like Black Panther, he's a lot thinner. Yeah, and he doesn't look he doesn't look good. But I mean, his, he no, looks good his acting, he, But you don't he, see it in his acting at all. It, no, you do not. If you were if you were curious, Mike, uh, that is not Viola Davis singing First so the question. vocals for Ma Rainey. It's a a singer named Maxine Lewis, except when Ma is singing these dogs of mine while fondling Dussie May that's Viola Davis singing. yeah I kind of thought it wasn't her but that's okay despite that she, Viola Davis is playing the title character and is got nominated for best supporting best actor not supporting best best actress her performance clocks in at only 26 minutes and 41 seconds.
0: Yeah we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, the black bottom is a dance that originated among African Americans in the rural south in the first decade of the 20th century. It eventually made its way into mainstream American culture and was a craze, a national craze in the 20s. Hmm. And Mike is now demonstrating it. You can't see, but uh, he's doing he's doing the black bottom. <laughs> and it's just oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh.
1: my bottom. <laughs> Damn it. And again. Oh, I don't Lord. have a black right. bottom so I can't Get do it the right salve.
0: <laughs> Mike can't uh, dance. The glue dance. Uh, I can do the glue dance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you can't do the uh, white guy baloo torso shuffle dance.
0: It's more or less the shaggy, but your feet ah, don't move. <laughs>
1: <okay>. <laughs> uh, with her Oscar nomination for this film, Viola Davis becomes the most nominated actress of African-American descent with four nominations. She's also the fl- first black woman to receive two nominations for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Well,
0: Let's hope she gets lots more.
1: The costume designer, Anne Roth was 89 when she was nominated for and won Best Costume Design for this film, making her the oldest person nominated in the category. Hmm. The biggest record holder was Patricia Davis, who was nominated for 12 Years a Slave at the age of 82. Ah. So, costume designers, hang in there! <laughs> <laughs> come on, Edith Head, you can come back from the grave. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta do it for a really long time. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Most of the rest of it is th- are things about... Uh, how, how how remarkable it is how, that how many black people were nominated for things in this movie, which is really just kind of sad.
0: Yeah, not and that the they were
1: nominated, but because that's that, a thing. Yeah, to that's look something at. to be a yeah, that's something to, to make a big deal out of. Chadwick Boseman, by the way, is only the second actor to be nominated posthumously.
0: Heath Ledger, the first one. Yeah, hmm. of course they gave it to him, didn't they? <clears throat> they
1: did. Gee,
0: what's the difference? Oh, one of them's white. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, um, the, would you let uh, to come to uh, the plot?
1: The plot. It's a hot summer in 1927 Chicago, and Ma Rainey, the singer called the Mother of Jazz, has left her tour in Georgia and brought her band up to Paramount Records to record a number of songs. Her band consists of Cutler, the natural leader, Slow Drag, whose name is Slow Drag, Toledo, <laughs> the old-timer, and Levy, a brash, headstrong, but talented up-and-comer, impatient with what he sees as Ma's old style of music, certain of his own skill and desperate to become his own star. Ma Rainey, big, loud, demanding, is a force to be reckoned with and makes life difficult for her white agent and manager all through the recording, because she knows that's the only way she's going to gain any semblance of respect from them. Tensions build between Levy and Ma, with the rest of the band and entourage caught in the middle, dealing also with the resentment of the management, building to a tragic but perhaps inevitable conclusion. The Film
0: This was a big Oscar uh, nominee when it came out, and one of the biggest reasons that it was such a big deal was that it was, if I'm not mistaken, the first streaming-only film to be nominated for Best Picture? I think so. I think so. And everyone was like, "This is this going to break this tradition? And the answer was, not this year, but next year it will. Because when um, Coda won for Best Picture and made mm. um, Apple a lot of money, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I forgot that it was a Netflix film. I remember it being in the awards, and I just totally... I don't remember this film when it came out, possibly because I didn't watch a lot of Netflix. But Did, did you watch it before the show?
1: No, uh, okay. before before the before, before doing when we the did, show before the show, no, no, I had heard about it, I knew about it, but uh, I didn't, I'd never seen it.
0: Yeah, I will say this: uh, as far as it being a quote-unquote Netflix film, I would have seen this in a theater. I mean, and there's nothing about yeah. it that feels because we did we did that I think nope, as one of our core questions. Yeah, yeah. and I, it it's, it feels very much like it's made for a big screen. And I want to say that at the time they were forced to release it somewhere like in la or a few cities uh on the big screen as part of the thing i i I think it did i don't remember if they had to because
1: at the time that was the only way to get it nominated yeah yeah that's true
0: then COVID and yeah (laughs) it's like oh uh hmm yeah we start off with a uh, a dance number and my first note is i've never thought of the blues as overtly sexual and yet. Oh
1: boy. <laughs> really? You haven't heard some of the, some of the old well, blues songs are really suggestive and some of them are really blatant. They're singing about, a lot of it is singing about sex.
0: A lot of it's singing about not getting any.
1: Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, well, if like you that's you're a not dance sad. <laughs> the first shot we see, I thought, is a really nice fake out. You see these two young, young uh, African-American men running through the woods and you hear yeah. dogs barking and your first thought is, Oh God! They're being chased by you know they're going to be lynched. Yeah, they're not running from something. They're running to a tent show of Ma Rainey. Yeah, which is mobbed and yeah. everyone's just having a great time and dancing and she is just dominating Ma Rainey. I, I, I did, did a little bit of uh, looking into her and I watched, listened to some of her music, and uh, Maxine who who does who sings for her gets pretty close to the way she sounds. She had this really. Throaty, raspy, powerful voice— incredibly right for the blues. Wow. Yeah. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. And she's wearing this loud dress with, you know, spangles or some such on it that have clearly been made by, you know, an amateur. But it just suits her. Yeah. And she's just blowing away the whole crowd.
0: But she's wearing this makeup. Oh and yeah. Has these teeth. She has and- gold teeth. I was like, what is going on with the makeup? Because it honestly looks like... Do you remember all the jokes you used to make about Oh, God, what is her name? Um, I was talking to Jeebus. Yeah, I was. Oh, uh, Tammy Faye Tammy Baker. Tammy Faye Baker. She yeah. looks like there used to be t-shirts where it was smeared makeup
1: and it said... <laughs> it said, I, I, I bumped into... Tammy it to, yeah. yeah. It looks like that. It's like She this- apparently... That's the way she looked. She wore very heavy makeup and under the lights it looked like grease paint. Yeah. It really did and they really duplicated that.
0: They did. And here's... So, spoiler, if you watch this film, if you don't click away, it'll actually poke you towards a pretty interesting documentary about this film. Mm -hmm. And Max and I both watched it. And Viola Davis, I gotta say this right now, this movie does not do her any favors visually at all. Because if you see her afterwards, it's like, wait, that's Ma Rainey? She's easily, what, 20 years younger? And it's like, no, Viola Davis is nearly 60, and Hmm. she looks amazing, but not in this film. And actually not in the help either. And they gave her this big fat suit, which apparently she insisted on. That was one of her things. And she apparently knew enough about Ma Rainey that she looked it up and said, that's the kind of makeup she wore. I got fitted yeah. for the gold teeth because this is what she was. I yep. wanted to play her as she was. So that's what it was. They just don't tell you anything in the film. They don't reference it at all. They, it's just like... They don't say it. Why does she look but like But yeah, Ma clown? Rainey
1: was a big, powerful woman. You know, She didn't yeah. take crap from anyone there are stories of her throwing men through walls. No, no, You didn't mess with Ma Rainey. People were physically scared of her. It wasn't just... She also had this just big, loud personality. Yeah. And very aggressive, and we see a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're in 1927, ostensibly Chicago, and I will say this is something I don't usually notice, but it felt very CG-ish. The streets, to me, felt very like, oh... There's not not much of this is real, okay. Uh, Which eh, didn't really bother me. I, I didn't bother me um, per se. It just was not. There's been other films where it's like, wait, there was CG in that film, and I didn't ever notice it. This was to me not one of those films. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler: Not much of this film takes place outside. Um, well, this
1: is very. This fil- one of those films that's very clearly based on a play.
0: Well, again, one of my first notes: rehearsal opening scene feels like a play and I'll have that note later on it's like man this feels like
1: a play it turns out it's a play <laughs> it is a play and august wilson uh, i i this is only the second play uh, one of his that i've ever run that have run into i read uh, seven guitars mm-hmm. and the man is a friggin poet okay he has an ear for language that is amazing
0: have it was that part of that 100 uh, Years series
1: yeah huh. it's part now, of the century series
0: i got to say i hope Denzel Washington or whoever wants to help him wants to make a series of these because I'm interested. I'm hesitant, but I'm interested. We'll get to that later. These are... These are not happy stories. That's fine. I don't yeah. I, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, I knew going in for this series that we were likely to run into a lot of depictions of racial tension. And, you know, we should. I actually, one of the reasons I picked Viola Davis, or we picked Viola Davis, I should say, is that we need to be knocked out of our comfort zone. That's the point, you know? Yeah. We shouldn't just watch films we like or just attack films that we love to attack, um, <laughs> we should watch things that, you know, try to flex our experience. And, you know, I have, I feel, even though we've watched two films, I definitely feel, well, flexed.
1: <laughs> so, well, maybe you won't hurt yourself doing The Black Bottom next time.
0: Uh, you, that, no, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely happening. It's going to hurt. Um, do you want to talk about the acting in this film?
1: Yes. Um, talk First off, Viola what? I was going to say, talk about Davis. a pile of, oh my god <laughs> Viola Davis the, the first time we see her is in a, a hotel it's a blacks only hotel and she's coming down the stairs with her girlfriend and her nephew Sylvester mm. who, like the cartoon cat has a speech impediment
0: yeah well different one yeah. but.
1: a different one but yeah uh, by the way that the whole thing about Ma's sexuality it's never we don't know for sure it's you pretty well established that she was gay, or at least bisexual.
0: I'm sorry, it's we don't know for sure, really. In, in,
1: I mean, I mean historically. Oh, oh, oh! I
0: thought you meant in the film. Oh, in the like, movie,
1: <laughs> oh, in the movie, there's no doubt. No, she Dussy May is her girlfriend. Um, or, uh, her oh, let's put it this. Arm, way. I, I
0: think Ma thinks that. I don't think yeah. Dussie does.
1: No, Dussy is clearly out for the main chance, as they say, looking for the bigger and better deal.
0: It uh, but.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there's some suggestion historically that uh, Ma Rainey may have had uh, a little something-something going on with Bessie Smith at one point. Hmm. But, but again, speculation. However, they walk down, and you could tell everyone else in this hotel, this is a respectable hotel. This is obviously like the fanciest of the black-only hotels. Make of that what you will. Still looks nice. And everyone, when she comes down, just turns and looks at her And you can't quite tell if they're fascinated or horrified. Well,
0: the best part is that she looks back and does not care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's basically looking at them like, "What? Yeah, you know, like I dare you to say something." And she's draping her arms around Dussy and and around Sylvester and just looking at them like, "I do not have any Fs to give." Yeah, Um,
0: Chadwick Boseman who the film is ostensibly about. Spoiler, we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly did not recognize him at first. Um, and to he be fa- looked
1: so different.
0: He does, and I'm not great with faces, and if you have something like distinctive facial hair like he did in Black Panther, that's enough to make my brain go, that's what he looks like with that facial hair. And <laughs> I'd forgotten he was in this film He is a powerhouse. If you, there was no way I would have known, and I'm sure nobody, apparently nobody else did, that he was sick, except when I realized it was him. And it's like, did he lose about four inches of height and about 60 pounds?
1: Yeah, he is very skinny in this. I mean, painfully thin.
0: But his energy level is off the charts. And it's not, he's not chewing scenery and he's not stealing the movie at all. He
1: is just mesmerizing. No, he sh- that's the thing the other especially the other members of the band. Yep. are they aren't as loud and dramatic as he is, but he doesn't take anything away from them. He he works with them. He works off them. And the scenes where it's just them in the rehearsal space, which is where most of the drama of the movie takes place, yeah. are incredibly powerful and painful. Yeah, when he is talking about what happened when he was eight years old, yeah, and how his mother was gang-raped by yeah. a band of white men, and it, that that's basically colored his view of the world. You can't really blame him. Mm. It's it's very moving and very uncomfortable and painful.
0: Yeah. The one problem I had with that scene is that he was talking to a bunch of older men and I couldn't help but think all of them have similar stories that, yeah. to
1: yours. And he doesn't seem to see that. That's, no. But that's a big thing with the character of Levy. Levy is very much in his own head. Every, he yeah. is f- completely self-centered and self-oriented.
0: Not and entirely, unlike the uh, title character.
1: Yeah, Although she's looking except out for her nephew. She looks out for her nephew, and also she's, she talks about how the white people are dealing with the colored people, yeah. and her she's fascinating. I mean, I, I want to talk about her a little bit, too. Not just the uh, Viola Davis' performance, which is, again, she's unrecognizable. You see, I saw the help, and I'm, yeah. you saw this, and you go, okay, that's, that's not the same woman. there no way. It's, a, it's actually one of my notes. <laughs> it, it's uh, It's amazing. And she, at first, you think, oh, God, this woman is a giant pain in the ass because she is being a complete diva. Like, you know, why isn't this ready? Why is it so hot in here? Yeah. Insulting to her agent, you know, won't talk to the manager. And as you go on, you realize she has a reason for this. Yep. And she tells them. She's telling Cutler at one point, you know, my my agent, Irving. Irving, yep. Irvin, Irvin with an N. Yep, I looked.
0: Oh yeah, so it is. He doesn't even have a last name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe that is his last name. We don't know. Doesn't have a
0: first name. He
1: has one name, Irvin. Yeah, and you know, she's like, he always makes us think about how we're all a team and how you know, all this together. The man has never had only had me to his house once, and that was to sing for his white friends. Yep. It's like, no. he And he is a complete suck-up. And it, he starts off, you think, oh, he's just trying to do his job. And you realize, no, he's trying to handle her. He's trying to manage her. He's trying mm. to control her. And she says the only way, they're never going to respect me. They will never respect a black singer. But I can make them do what I want. I can force them. And why is that? Money. Yeah, because that. she says, once they've got my voice in their machine. And I love the close-up when they're recording her. And uh, the manager, not the agent, but the manager, isn't even listening to the music. He's not looking at them. He's just watching the recording device grind it out onto the record because that's what he sees. He's just capturing her voice, taking it from her. Once they do that, they just toss me aside. I'm nothing to them.
0: And she does pull a little trick that I think was actually... I didn't see coming, and I obviously they didn't, and was really funny. Is that she? She has said ahead of time we get paid in cash, not a check, because a they don't trust it, and b it's so hard for them to cash checks.
1: Yeah, but one of them, I think it's uh, Cutler, says they see a black man with a check, they assume he stole it.
0: Right, and they do pay them in cash, and at first you're like, wow, I I wonder what oh. She didn't sign the release forms, and she did yeah. it on purpose. Yeah. She, because she's like, I'm holding this till the very last second, because yeah. if I don't, then I'm not going to get everything that's coming to me. Even they though they will do everything
1: I know, they can to screw her,
0: and I'm not never going to get everything that's coming to me because what they're paying her is peanuts.
1: It's yeah. nothing.
0: Um, and we'll, we'll get back to that sort of thing, too. The rest of the band members, I these are actors I don't know in particular. Uh, Michael Potts, I swear, I've seen in something before. The name sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure.
0: Glenn Turman and Coleman Domingo uh, play Cutler, Toledo, and Slow Drag. Um, you can tell that in the portrayals that these people have been together a long time. Yeah. And they understand how each other works just fine. Their banter back and forth it's like an old married trio <laughs> uh,
1: Thruple, sure. yeah
0: and Levy is the new kid as part of it, and the reason he's there is because he's that good um, and they basically try to put up with him, but he's not having it. Um, he's sort of and we'll get back to, again, I want to get back to the characters too. He's not probably not unlike Ma was when she first showed up on the scene, and I'm sure yeah, but meant he's to be a not parallel. as
1: he's not as smart no. Well, Uh, no, no, no. no he's not as
0: experienced. I think that's the difference. I think that he does have the potential to be as smart as her, but she's seen everything that they can do, and she knows how to head it off. He
1: doesn't. I just get the feeling she was the more she was smarter and or at least more patient, because he wants everything right now. Yep, and he wants to be able to be to do whatever he wants right now. Yeah, and she know she could. You can tell she can act the way she can. Because she earned it, she fought her way an inch at a time to the point where the white people that she has to work with will grovel at her feet.
0: Yeah,
1: when they otherwise wouldn't wouldn't even look at her.
0: Once you get past the band, there's not a lot of large parts. So we've got Sylvester, her nephew. Her
1: nephew does, whose main thing is he has a stutter. Yep, and she wants him to do the voice intro on the song "Black Bottom." Yep, and. He does it eventually.
0: Yep. Although they screw up the recording, so there you yep. go. Yeah. Um, we've got the manager Irvin, and we've got the guy who runs Paramount Records, which is Sturdivant. Um, both adequately played. Um, yeah. I think the fine. guy who played Irvin had more to do, and he—you can see his frustration and his nervousness, and it, it was his energy running back and forth. All well done. Uh, Dusty May is mm-hmm. well played. There's actually a very very interesting scene between her and levy where mm. levy has been making eyes at her since the beginning of the film and ma rainey's not having any of that she's also not having any of levy butting into the middle of her songs trying to yeah. do like solos and stuff yeah. but Dussy finally gets a chance to go down and see levy on his own and there is this courtship ritual between the two of them which is kind of delicious because we get to see her face knowing that he isn't seeing her face. And he's telling her all these things, how he's going to be a big man and he's going to have all this money and he's going to have his own band. And there's a little bit of smirking on her face like she's interested. But then what she says is very much like, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before from tons of other guys. So you can see that they are playing each other, but they're also both electrifyingly interested
1: yeah, it's a game they're playing. As you say, it's a courtship ritual.
0: Yeah, and then we get the eventually the ode to a cat left on the piano. Uh, <laughs> and there is an obvious joke there that I am not going to make. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it is a very hot, steamy scene that's never vulgar. It's just captivating, I thought, anyway. Let's get to the characters, because I think yeah. there's a... There, oh, boy, I didn't realize how long, how late we got. Let's get to yeah. the characters. We've, uh, we talked a little bit about Ma Rainey. Levy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Levy is fascinating. He's... And he is, you can tell he's the new generation. These guys, Ma Rainey and the rest of the older band, they still, you know, their parents probably remembered slavery, were slaves. Yep. And Levy's younger. He wants, the, he sees the way he wants the world to be, although he does also recognize, he says, I know how to smile in the faces of these white people while getting them to do what I want. Yeah. The problem is he's not there yet, but he nope. thinks he is. Ma can do that.
0: Yep. Well, she doesn't smile though. <laughs> she doesn't have to smile
1: anymore. But yeah, because he gets he gets screwed over. He gives uh, his songs to the manager, and the, man, it says, the manager has been telling him that he'll uh, let him record them, and he's going to get his band together, and he's going to be off on his own. And then you know, Sturtivant just basically screws him and says, "Well, I'll give you five bucks a piece for the songs,
0: and I, he takes I don't want it. you to do them." Because he and doesn't he t- know about like signing release forms or yeah. he, he that's that experience. And, and he has him. no
1: reputation. Nobody no. knows him. He has no power. He doesn't have Ma he's hoping to be treated like Ma, but he doesn't have her power. Right. And, and the, experience. And I mean I know we're jumping ahead, but at the end of the movie we see as insult to injury another band singing one of uh, singing one of Levy's songs. In the by the way, worst that,
0: thing since Pat Boone covered Tootie Fruity. Yeah, Frutti.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, this band, by the way, is nothing. It, it is whiter than a clan meeting. Yeah, and it is based on this was. This is, by the way, kind of happened. Uh, not necessarily the character Levy, but this was based on a band with the appropriate name. Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Paul Whiteman was labeled the king of jazz for some time because uh-huh. he w- it was okay if a white guy sang it.
0: It's jazz with onesie. Yes. Um, yeah, and sadly Paul this would continue Whiteman. through the 50s anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know this, but there was a number of covers of things like Tutti Frutti by people like Pat Boone and they're terrible because they Mm -hmm. have literally all the fun and all of the flavor sucked out of them. And I, I, this is going to sound like I'm making fun of it, but it's really pretty much Tutti Frutti, all Rudy, Tutti Frutti,
1: all Rudy. That that is not, he's not exaggerating anything. That's what it sounds like. I've heard Pat Boone's version and it's, As the kids say today, nothing but cringe.
0: And the weird part is that, you know, for you and I growing up, we know the Little Richard version because, of course, we do. We didn't know that the white versions of these black songs were all much more popular because those are the ones the radio stations were playing. Yeah. And I I don't know if that's what's going on here because it's obvious that Ma Rainey is selling a ton of records. Otherwise, they wouldn't put up with her shenanigans. And she, she is. So this whole, I don't know if this was trying to say that this is what's happening soon like we're now going to have white versions of these things because there's so uh, no, no 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 that
1: was in the 20s that was very, that was very common and uh, also we don't know that Ma is selling a lot of records that's one of the complaints that Levy is saying is her records in New York weren't selling at all
0: Well he was saying that but we don't know see here's the thing I don't know how to take that as fact because levy doesn't seem to have any basis for what he's saying
1: maybe I, and then ma points out, that she makes more money for Paramount than all their other recording artists combined, and nobody challenges her on that. So I think that's got to be true.
0: That's why I think it's true, yeah. 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 Um, As you said earlier, Ma Rainey represents the old guard, and Levy is representing the new guard. And that, the name of the film is quite honestly misleading. The film's not about Ma Rainey. The film is about Levy. Let's just come right out and Uh, say it. He is the main character. He's got most of the scenes. He's got the biggest speeches. In the end, the only one who's gone through any sort of major character development really is him, because everyone else stays the same. His ending, uh, the ending with him was, um, and I'm not going to, we shouldn't spoil this. It's still fairly
1: recent. Yeah. The ending for me
0: was an amazingly odd, unforeseen tonal shift um and i don't but, know, you
1: know if i think it fits i think it works especially I'm going if to you disagree. read it. well i'll tell you this is what happens in a lot, in a, with a, with august wilson okay basically. see i
0: didn't know if it was from the play or not because there's one particular thing that happens in the movie that doesn't happen in the play cuz yeah. and so there's this is that's the
1: door there's yeah. this door
0: and it's in the the rehearsal room in the basement of paramount records and levy says he doesn't remember this door being there before and it's a locked door, and he keeps trying to open it throughout the film, and he can't get through it. Apparently in the play, he never does. And I, you but, know, when uh, I saw the door, I was like, is, is this yeah. Chekhov's gun or not?
1: Now, like, George C. Wolfe, the director, uh, made the decision. He said, no, I wanted him to, he gets through it, and he ends up in what is effectively a cell. So he gets through it, and there's nothing there.
0: It's one of and, those you know, central sort of shafts in the middle of a building yeah. in New York that just leads up to the sky for ventilation. Yeah, it goes
1: he, yeah. she's he, He's trapped. And Wolf says in that documentary, it was to show, you know, you're promised this American dream. You work hard, you do your best. You eventually get rewarded. And this is like, no, you work hard, you kick your way through the door, and you're still trapped. I, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for me, it was like, okay, he opens the door, there's nothing there. And actually, in the documentary, at one point, Wolf says it represents racism, and I'm like, because of the pointlessness of racism, and I'm like, how does, I don't, huh? I, I think it was... Uh, but that's what he said. I don't, uh, I don't get that. Um, the interesting thing is that, although, ostensibly, the, the tension is between Levy and Ma Rainey... It's not where it's expressed. Most of the tension is expressed between Levy and the rest of the band members.
1: Because he knows he can't strike out at the people he considers his real enemies, which are the white people and Ma.
0: Yeah, and as much as he may know and may be right about his music, he's not in control. And like you said, no one's heard of him, you know? Yeah. They like him at Paramount, they like what he's doing, but they obviously are very, very smart and very controlling, and they're trying to keep him, quote-unquote, in his place, which is Levy's whole point. His his eventual, the end of his of the film and his, the end of his arc, I don't get. It's hard to talk about it without talking about it, but let's just say I didn't see it coming in the tonal shift for me.
1: Oh, I, I did. Th- I, I got it. I got it. He was so angry and he couldn't strike out at the people he could he was truly angry at and it had to go somewhere because all he is is a big ball of rage
0: yeah it's which is understandable
1: old, yeah but, but he doesn't know how to see ma knew how to focus that rage she knew how to turn it into she she says all they want is my voice and that's her weapon that's yeah. what she uses
0: We've got, and there's the members of the band are of various ages. I want to say that probably the leader, Cutler, is the youngest, which isn't saying a lot.
1: Uh-huh. and yeah, then he's you he's probably to, in his 40s or 50s.
0: And then Slow Drag's in the middle, and then Toledo's the guy who's been around the yeah. longest. And each of yep. them represents, I think different levels of experience but all of them especially with ma they've obviously been with ma forever they understand how to deal with her Just basically just do what she wants and everybody's happier we get to play the music we don't really care you know we want to play music we want to be paid as much as we can get for it which is nothing um and, and that's this is we're doing pretty all things considered we're doing pretty well they got, it, they've got enough
1: money to eat they got enough money to buy clothes they're happy
0: relatively yeah
1: comparatively but also they're more realistic about what they can do and who they are they know you know the three of them know they're not ma no they are not the legend no they are not they're good but they're not great well and they're and they seem okay with that they're like this is what we do and this is what makes us happy they get to play music and get money for it
0: the saddest part is they probably are great You know what I mean? There are probably some of those musicians that can pick up anything and play anything. It's just that they don't have that presence, they don't have that whatever it is that Ma has, that star quality and that power to put themselves forward. And maybe they don't have the kind of point of view that Levy does, right? Maybe it's like the, uh, if you've never seen the documentary, this is for our listeners, I know Max has seen it, called The Wrecking Crew. There's nobody in The Wrecking Crew where you're sitting there and go, oh, I would totally see them front to band except Glenn Campbell. Um, <laughs> but all of them were the most amazing musicians ever. Yeah. I have a feeling that these people probably are on that level. It's just, they're not star people. You know what I mean? They're not people that you would shine a spotlight on. Yeah. But... but you know, mus- musically, they are that competent. There's a couple of weird bits of non-tension in this film that I don't really understand. Mm. Um, there's this one point where um, Ma Rainey has said, I need cold cokes, why aren't my cokes here? And oh, was like, yes. I'm sorry we forgot, which I'm betting they didn't. They just didn't think it was important, and it is yeah. important to her. She sends out the band across the street to get cokes. The band approaches a Polish delegation. They, they walk in and it's full of white people. And they are like, okay, here it comes. And they all and the turn, next, and 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 they and turn
1: and look at them. And they turn
0: and look at them. And the next scene, they walk in with the cokes, and nobody's been hurt. Enough. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, like you get there was something missing, but it's just part of the atmosphere, the ambiance. It, it is. It is a little jarring that way.
0: I guess for me, I was like, if you're not going to do anything with this, why are you putting this here? I don't understand why this. Like, they should have literally exited, and then just come back. It doesn't lead anywhere, and it's just odd. Um, And I, I actually felt the same way about the door. I didn't get the door. Um, I said, "Is it like Chekhov's gun? You know, like the creepy sex couple from Rough Night." (laughs) 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 Sorry,
1: Chekhov's creepy sex couple. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's
0: very famous in the theater.
1: I got to say that some August Wilson's dialogue, the language, the man. Ma Rainey has a couple of lines I just loved i just like white folks don't understand the blues they hear it come out but they don't know how it got there yeah like oh my god that just sums it up so well
0: yeah um i did have a couple of quick questions i know we're getting towards the end of this thing but uh so we i think we both would agree we respect ma and we respect levy
1: to some extent do we like them ma doesn't want to be liked I don't think. Ma wants to be respected, and you can't help but respect her. Uh, I ad- We admire Ma. I don't know if... It- it's hard to say with her. Levy, you mostly feel sorry for.
0: And frightened of.
1: Yeah, well, Levy, with all that anger, he's scary. I mean, there is a sequence where he is threatening Cutler with a knife. Yeah. And that's an incredibly powerful... Because, you know, uh, he's basically saying he doesn't believe in God and he thinks God is a jerk. Mm-hmm. And Cutler tries to attack him and he pulls a knife and he starts shouting, I'm talking to Cutler's God. Save him. If you're there, save him like you saved my mama. Yeah, And it's just an it, it, it incredibly powerful and unbelievably hard to watch sequence.
0: It does make me wonder if August Wilson is a an atheist. I, I don't know. Um, cause it is, uh, yeah, it is one of those scenes where you just start a- asking questions in your head, you know, as I'm sure the band members are. And that's, I think that may be Cutler's Coleman Domingo's best scene because the look of almost loss, I don't think he actually gives up, but the look of almost loss and confusion as he doesn't understand what's going on either. He has no explanation for why something isn't happening. Because in his heart, in his belief, in his religion, something should. doesn't matter what it is. It shouldn't necessarily be literally a lightning bolt, but something. And I think for a moment he questions something that he'd never questioned before. Because he actually gets angry. And he puts up with a lot from Levy. Um, and it, you, you know there's times when he wants to say, Levy, shut up. And he hmm. doesn't. He just keeps going, ah, you know, he's he's just the way he is. And, you know, Toledo's the way he is. It's fine. He's the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets to that point in this scene, a very powerful scene, where he just, he has nothing left. He snaps. He, he snaps. Can't ta-
1: he can't take it anymore. And he no. Just, because he can't take the blasphemy.
0: Yeah. And the utter disbelief and the shoving it in his own face.
1: And the question that is very hard for anybody, a person of faith, to answer. It's like, if you think God intercedes, if God loves us, and you believe that he protects us, why isn't he? Yeah. Why didn't he save this person? Why isn't he protecting you? And that is not
0: a question Max and I are going to approach to answer on this show. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Do we want to get to the uh, end? Because we're we're getting there on time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me go to the wrap-up
0: the finish. So, Max. Yeah. You had not seen this except for the show. That is um, correct.
1: Had you wanted to see it? I was kind of tempted a bunch of times, but it looked like, it's like, I bet this is really good. I bet it's really hard to watch. I,
0: quick, quick spoiler. I didn't think it was hard to watch. I was actually glad I watched it, but um, I know you also usually like to focus in on Oscar-nominated films, because that's one of your things, and for you to have missed it, yeah, I could see the the potential discomfort, which is
1: yeah, um, what did you think? I think this thing is amazing, but I also really think I think August Wilson's amazing. He's not an easy read. I mean, again, he's got a he's got an ear for language that a lot of American playwrights don't. Mm-hmm. Look at you, Arthur Miller, you tin eared <laughs> Anyway, I'm,
0: do you have an opinion s- on American theater, Max? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Arthur Miller. Yeah, he's got a lot of skill. He, there's a lot of stuff he does well. He has no ear for language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. Fight me. He is depressed. But,
0: <laughs>
1: Actually, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, sl- he also got to sleep with Marilyn Monroe, so I don't think he gives a crap what I think. Um, I, uh, I think this is a. Rem- I think this is amazing. I think it is hard to watch, but I think it's absolutely worth it. Uh, I think the performances are friggin' stellar. Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman I can't believe they didn't win Yeah. and honestly I still, I write that more to the disrespect for streaming only movies Could rather be. than them as actors, mm. it's not an easy movie but also it's just, it's fascinating and I think the character, I wanted to know more about Ma Rainey, I started reading more about her mm. what about you? you, you were the same right, you hadn't seen this no. you didn't know much about it nope how did it work for you? Not well. No?
0: Um, the performances were great. Um, and it did make me uncomfortable in the very beginning because it starts off with this scene in the rehearsal room and it's just the band members talking and the N word is dropped a lot. I was taught at a very young age to never say that word, I don't. Um, I know exactly when and where my mom told me and I, I I'm uncomfortable being around that word. Um, which is probably just as well, because um, I shouldn't be saying that word. So that part made me uncomfortable. After that, I actually was fascinated. The problem I have is I, and I don't know if this is a play problem or a movie problem, is that I felt that the story was very unfocused. And I say that because I don't know what the point is, especially with that very, for me, unforeseen ending. So. It says it's Ma-, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's not about Ma Rainey at all. She doesn't go through any changes in this her
1: uh, character. I don't agree with that, but okay. What does she change? I don't necessarily that she changes, but our perception of her changes.
0: I think we learn about her, but we didn't know anything about her in the first place. And as it turns out, while she was famous in her day, she'd been largely forgotten. And that's one of the reasons the play was made and the movie was made. Now, Bessie Smith is not a name I'm particularly familiar with. And I didn't know this from the film. Apparently, she was an up-and-comer like Levy. And it wasn't that they were concurrent. It's that Bessie was the new thing, and that's one of the reasons there was tension between Ma Rainey and Bessie. But it's not said in the film, so I didn't know that until the uh, documentary. I don't... Because a lot of the tension is more or less between Ma Rainey and Levy, I'm surprised that they're kept separated through most of the film. Um, When you're adapting a play to a film... There are people who can do it where you don't realize it's a film, and then there's people who don't. Now, to be fair, as it turns out, uh, Mr. Wolf is well-known for Broadway. That's his big thing. Yeah,
1: he's won two Tony Awards.
0: And unfortunately for me, this felt very much like a play, and not in a good way. So there are a few scenes where it's like, look, we're outside now, okay, we're going back to the stage. But it's very talky, and it doesn't move very much and yes it's about a specific afternoon but because there's so much going on in in two rooms basically for the whole film it felt claustrophobic that does sort of emphasize being hot but to me i don't i'm not exactly sure what the film's trying to say besides depicting that things were difficult and probably, quite honestly, are still horrible in the music industry. I don't think anything has changed. I think if the music industry can take advantage of you, it still will. But I don't know... I didn't feel that there was a clear message in the film. And I was very sorry for the ending, because it does tend to continue certain stereotypes about black culture, which I, I, that's one of the reasons I was surprised. It's a violent thing. Let's put it that way. It's a violent thing. It is so worth seeing for the performances. Um, the language I didn't pick up on, but Max, you're much more sensitive to that. So I'm going to give that one to you because I just it's not something that tends to work that I don't notice as much. It's like going to look at art. I get it. And you just don't necessarily get it. True. Um, so I'll give Max that point. But for me, I found it unfocused. I kept wondering why we weren't learning more about doing more with Ma Rainey, the title character of the film, and doing more with Levy. And again, I don't know if that's because of the play or because of the directing.
1: Uh, see, I, I think we got it. This is where we disagree. I don't think yeah. it's about what happens or, or the characters changing. I think it's the idea of it's an illustration. It's showing us the the the, dr- the hopes and the dreams that the that the African American had mm-hmm. in this situation, in this time in history, and this place, and just the monumental difficulties they they had to face and the way some dealt with it better than others and the way they could be turned against each other mm-hmm. where all that anger went. I, I think it works very well. It's true. It's very much like a play. You would never think that this was not a play. Mm. That doesn't bother me. I don't feel uh, the claustrophobia. I like a good adaptation of a play thats not just feel, that doesn't just feel like you're pointing a camera at a stage. I think this still work. they They do good camera work. I think the cinematography is decent. Mm. i really like the sets. I really love the. Co- I see why this one uh, for costumes. Mm-hmm. The clothing is just friggin' dead on. Yeah, but not and, in an obvious way. No, it's not like look at how this wardrobe, how clever this wardrobe is. It's like, no, it just looks like. Yeah, I. This is the 1920s. I absolutely believe that.
0: This to me I, is. I, yeah. This is to me is like um, Brokeback Mountain, because you get to see a performance. From an actor that makes you go, I really want to see what you're going to do next. I mean, I know every—that's not his last film. His last film was was uh, the Batman movie. But if you take the performances in those two films, the range in those two films is incredible. In in, uh, Heath Ledger. Oh. Okay. And then you take Chadwick Boseman. The only two films I've seen him in are this and Black Panther, and I really liked him in Black Panther again it took me half the film to realize who he was i'm like oh my god it's him and yeah okay physically he's changed some but the at, the characters could not be further apart could yeah. not be further apart and the guy
1: had range the guy we he was taken away too soon we didn't get to see a fraction of what he could do
0: yeah i'm going to recommend watching the film because i think it's got enough good elements for me again i found it unfocused and claustrophobic max it worked great for him. See which one of us you think is right. And you can contact us, but do that first by answering our poll question. Yes. Uh, if, go over uh,
1: if you could project yourself into the actual world of one movie, what would it be and what would your place in it be? You know, would you want to be an elf in Elrond's Hall or work in Rick's Cafe American? you got to be an original character or you or what have you. You can't just uh, replace an existing one. And you can answer this question... <laughs> by emailing us at us at maxmikemovies.com or going to our website, maxmikemovies.com, and leaving a comment. You can also uh, reach us on the socially mediated things on the Twitters and the facing books under Max Mike Movies. Mm. You you can also stick it to a duck.
0: (laughs) So if you want to be Rick's half-brother Cybok, let
1: us know, won't you? (laughs) Uh, Cybok blame. Uh, Sure. A criminally underused character, (laughs) but we have another movie because we're still focusing on that there Viola Davis, who deserves a lot of focusing. So what are we watching next week,
0: Mike? Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to be watching what I'm guessing is a very sad movie because it's all about widows, and it doesn't Uh involve, oh wait, um, one of them is a black person, so technically she'd be- Wait a minute. But Scarlett Johansson's not in it, Uh so, uh, Widows. Widows. Catch it! (laughs) CBS. No. (laughs) Next week, Widows with Viola Davis and yours truly and his truly. Both of our trulies.
1: This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.